the 10,000 follower thing is like completely worthless. It's a complete subjective number. Because I have people like, well, what do I do before I hit 50,000? And other people, once I hit 1,000, now obviously like on TikTok, 1,000 will unlock going live and stuff. So there are some cases where that makes sense. But you need to have a release strategy that's going to build hype, build momentum. You can push for pre-save. Some people do it that way. Some people just push heavily after the song's already out. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, 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 what's good, people? Welcome to the channel where we talk about music licensing, music production, and music business. If you love any of the previously mentioned, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all my latest content and make sure you hit that bell icon so you know exactly when that new content is dropping. So we are back with another live Q&A and a Music Is My Business podcast episode. Super excited for this one because I got another guest. Y'all know I'm always trying to bring some, some dope people on the podcast so you guys can learn and level up in your production businesses and music businesses and things like that. Um, so super excited um, to to in invite this guy on, man. He's been a huge inspiration, even for myself, um, and just leveling up in my own career. Um, so without further ado, man, I want to introduce Adam Ivy, the music producer, the marketing specialist. Adam, what's good, bro? Hey, man, living the dream. I had a three-inch needle injected into my heel this morning, so this oh. is better than anything earlier today. I got... Uh, <laughs> old man plat plantar fasciitis and so uh, uh happy to talk about music and stuff <laughs> like that so i appreciate the opportunity man it's always great connecting yeah no man i appreciate you taking the time to hop on man um and, and first i just want to start off by just saying thank you dude because I mean, your your YouTube channel, for those who don't know, like if you don't know Adam Ivy, then and you're a musician, you probably don't be on YouTube because it's hard <laughs> to miss them. Um, but you, you've been a huge inspiration. I love I love the the no excuse, no BS approach to um, to motivating people to go after it, man, and, and make their dreams a reality and figure out a way to make things work so that they can do what they love to do um, on, on a full time basis, man. So thank you for, for the inspiration and, and for what you do, man, in, in the community. No, I mean, I genuinely appreciate that. I've been doing this a long time and seeing you come up being kind of able to be a fly on the wall of your journey and watching you continuously increase the quality of your production on camera and obviously your voice and how you're teaching your specialty, which is is sync and all that stuff. I mean, I learned stuff from you on your content. So, I mean, right. uh, it's always great to connect with people that genuinely care and are trying to you know, bring value to the community. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate that. So, you know, for those who are just joining the stream, welcome. If you have questions, drop them in the chat and then I'm gonna go through and save them. And then, you, you know, whatever questions you have, Adam, go ahead and then we'll we'll get to them. Um, but I, I want to start the conversation off, man, by just, I guess, talking about your background and kind of how you got started, because I know you you're a producer first. Is that correct? Or were you in marketing first? Which one? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's, you know, the chicken and the egg question. Right. So, like, I, I will say I started making music before I knew what marketing was. Okay. I started producing music in 2006 back in central Wisconsin. Didn't make any money from my music, really. 
mean, maybe a couple people I convinced to buy beats from me for like 20 bucks here and there, but uh, didn't make any money for the first three years. And then after I figured out systems and I understood uh, the the proper communication style and how important branding and, you know, marketing strategy and placement was, you know, I, I did about eight years after that making six figures. I went deaf in my left ear in 2016. And so the fork in the road for me came and, and I was like, you know, do I keep doing, you know, this music production thing where for the longest time I'm sitting in my room, staring at screens, producing, producing, producing. And admittedly, I had a horrible scarcity mindset from growing up very poor and being told I'd never make anything of myself. So as a busybody, I get that from my mom. I also took on corporate uh, marketing gigs and worked my way into being, you know, executive level marketing for fortune 1000, fortune 500 companies. Um, yeah. I mean, enjoying the hell out of making other companies a lot of money until I kind of stopped caring about that and just wanted to help my people, which are music creators. Um, that's the 30,000 foot perspective, obviously a whole lot of ebbs and flows and, and adversity and things like that along the way. But um, I still produce just not to the level in which I did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I also own a seven figure tech company called Unified Laser. Um, where we sell laser engraving systems for a multitude of different industries, but nobody cares about that here. They care about the marketing gems in the music space. But no, I've worked with large. Um, I've worked with large labels. Some I'd say B and C list artists, and you know, thanks to them, I can't talk about it because they make me sign NDAs. But I've worked with a ton of independent artists and have helped uh, you know thousands of people. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. on YouTube, the ones that like my style. I am a little abrasive at times because, <laughs> dude, I mean, you can speak on this too, but when when I was coming up and I would find somebody that I really looked up to, if I could get them to respond to me via email or pestering them in the DMs or whatever, right. it always seemed like they just gave me this, keep working hard and it'll keep all going. work out. <laughs> yep. And I'm just like, even though at the time I was so wet behind the ears, I was like, okay, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like being motivated and, and trying to, you know, give encouragement to, to kids coming up is great. But I also think that we live in a day and age where, you know, the, the music industry, entertainment industry in a lot of ways is a toilet and it's doing everybody who wants to make it a huge disservice by telling them, oh, it's all rainbows and unicorns and anybody can make it. You know, we're all cut out for it. Personality doesn't matter. Charisma doesn't matter. Skill doesn't matter. And um, I'm here to try to, you know, change the music industry one one understanding at a time, just because when old ha- old heads say like, oh, it's not how it works. Of course yeah. not. And you've been you've been aligning with how it has worked for so long that we have to change. We have to change it in order to take care of ourselves. Yep, I, I agree 100 um, percent. You know, I, I've I've come across individuals in, in the industry where, you know, their their thinking is dated and it's just like, nah, man, like there's a there's a new way to do things now. You can you can you can build the career you want to have um, without the backing of a major label or a major publisher like you can literally like we have access direct access to our fans now and you show you show artists and producers how to how to do that now but yeah man it's it's a totally different landscape and it's exciting too at the same time because there's no limit on on what you could do you know what i mean um yeah. but yeah i agree man the you know the cliche advice keep going that's that's nothing 
there's nothing actionable with that. You don't like, okay, well, what, what does keep going look like for me to get to the next step? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, going to the gym, it's just like, just keep, keep swiping your card and, you know, scanning in and, and, and going to the gym every day. It's like, well, what do I do once I get in the gym? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people end up hurting themselves, figuratively speaking, when it comes to doing the wrong thing for a long time because nobody taught them any better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Absolutely. So uh, you talked about, <clears throat> you mentioned having a, a scarcity mindset. And, yeah. you know, growing up, I didn't have a whole lot. You know, we we were taken care of, but we weren't rich. We didn't have all the opportunities. And there was a lot of financial things that I didn't learn until later on in life when did that shift in mindset happen? Like, or like, was it a book you read that made the shift? Was it a set of experience? Like, how did you get from scarcity mindset to, you know, abundance mindset? Yeah, man. So I was very, very fortunate um, in doing the corporate marketing thing for so long. I went to like a ton of different marketing conferences and had the opportunity to surround myself with brilliant minds that were great copywriters and great, uh, you know, ads specialists. And you kind of, you know, the true definition of a mastermind is the collection of minds to make, you know, everybody a little bit smarter, a little bit better. And so my uncle Jack, uh, shout out to uncle Jack, rest in peace. He died last year of cancer, which I'm not trying to bring the thing down, but his Sorry. legacy changed my life forever. Thank you. Um, he founded a company called 800ceoread.com. Uh, they were Amazon's number one book competitor, especially in the business space for, I think, four or five years. I Don't quote me on that. Um, it's now Porchlight Books. The, a former executive from Facebook, I believe, runs it uh, You know, since, since my uncle retired. And now he's not a part of it, obviously. But um, he told me, long time ago when I was just trying to figure out how to sell beats online, I was telling them all these things. Uh, you know, there's this website called SoundClick and, you know, I make these things on my computer and then I export them and then I, I make cover art and then I, I put them and everything I was telling them was like a little kid excited about life, right? Like, like Christmas morning every day. Right. And he goes, Adam, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you are really good at marketing and branding because I'm excited about what you're doing with having no idea what you actually do. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was the first time I was like, what? Like, mind you, I didn't even know Uncle Jack was in business or doing anything until I was in my mid-20s because I just saw him at family reunions. I never really had any conversation. I was just a kid, right? So right. he put me on to uh, around that time, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. And then I later saw Gary speak for the first time, I think in 2011 or 2012 up in Boston. Um, and so like certain little things, it wasn't just all at once. Yeah. It was, I left Wisconsin because I knew that I would only really thrive there in a, in a capacity of working at, you know, factories and blue collar work, which I did. And after high school, I worked in a wood window factory as a lead person for the custom machine shop for four years oh. prior to realizing, oh my God, I'm kind of like maxed out here and I'm only 20 years old, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Um, so I figured out how I, I sold a motorcycle, like kid stuff, right? Sold what I had to make some money. I had no debt and it was cheap to live in Wisconsin at the time. So it was like, I had a little bit of a, a runway. I bumped in to um, one of my best friends in the world. Now he goes by DJ DeVille. He's the one who, he had a little studio in one of my friend's houses who was, you know, he was renting a room from him. And I went over there to hang out with my friend, met Zach, DJ DeVille. And he was, he was, uh, producing some beats in reason 
like 2.0, you know, Digi 002 Pro Tools rack, like old oh, school, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. I walked into this room and even though it was just in retrospect, just an L-shaped desk, I was like in a freaking spaceship. I was like, what? He had two screens and he had, you know, probably like the cheapest crap set up now, but it was like, this is amazing. Right. And so as somebody who wasn't necessarily musically inclined, but always interested in music, my grandmother was a pianist and an organist for like every church, uh, Catholic church in our area. My mother was a, a violinist who got a scholarship to go to college for violin. She got pregnant with me and had to drop out. But uh, my dad was a DJ, um, did weddings and in central Wisconsin, polka, especially back in the day, was very, very popular. And he would DJ some polka festivities. I don't even know if they're called parties, but wow. um, I, I grew even, up. I didn't even know polka music like had DJs. I thought it was like, you know, like just instruments. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, That's man. I, th I think like polka is like freaking nerdy white people mariachi music it's it's like very wow. similar right it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway um That's crazy <laughs> anyway but it's like i was always around all these different genres of music and my dad um through some of the parties that he did would always have like relatively new stuff so um we'd have pop and classic rock and alt rock and uh my a couple of my older brother figures i'm the oldest of three i have two little brothers but a couple of my uh older brother figures that i met through martial arts and and just life were really into um like i guess i guess it would be called gangster rap like like nwa uh all the no limit stuff into cash money yeah. uh wu-tang wu-tang forever yeah. um you know but it's just like those musical influences in my life i knew something was I, I knew as soon as i met zach i'm like this could be a thing this guy is doing this like how do i do this mm -hmm. and you know he got me into music production i kind of bet on myself and took what remaining money i had from selling a motorcycle and uh, moved to florida without ever even visiting florida before and i was just like i'm gonna be a full-time music producer and then like uh, two months later i had a crappy blue collar job because uh, the music wasn't paying yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then fast forward to 2009 to 2010, I made, I think like about 30 something thousand between music. And I was like building WordPress pages and, and uh, doing graphic design for like every club in downtown Orlando. Okay. Then again, I'm doing a real roundabout answer to your question. Um, each pocket of challenging myself taught me something. I need to be really tight with my money now because I just moved to a place. I don't know anybody. I'm not making any money yet. Yeah. And then as soon as I started making money, life lesson, uh, I, the first month I ever, I ever made over $10,000 on SoundClick selling beats online. I went and bought a used Rolex. Oh, wow. Then I had the two or three slowest months I've ever experienced. And I uh, had to go back to that pawn shop. So Luckily, Rolex. yeah, life lesson. Don't buy, don't like, don't try to like work your way out of your uh, current comfort zone too fast because it's very humbling. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway, man, um, I think that there's so many different facets of doing this. It's, you know, you have to understand communication style. You have to understand what you bring to the table with, with your skill sets and your natural gifts. Um, and then you have to get good with money management. Otherwise you'll fail every single opportunity that's ever given to you. And then you have to start, and this took me a long time and I'm sure you've dealt with it. I didn't realize how 
dog eat dog the music industry was until I had a lot of people screw me over. Over It was like I had a good 18-month run where every artist that I worked with either owed me money, didn't credit me, ran off and had somebody else recreate the instrumental because they didn't want to pay me. Like, boom, 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 boom. Had managers threaten to kill me because I just brought up the fact that they owed me money. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, then you evolve, right? So it's like, it, like any business, it doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt shop, music, if you and I started our own oil change tire place, like yeah. you have to really figure out how to present a unique experience and, and build people's trust and, and music is no different. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that <clears throat> that brings up a, another great point. You know, when you're you're in this music space, especially independently, whether you're an artist or <clears throat> excuse me, or a producer, you know, if you're starting out online and no one knows you, how do you take a stranger who doesn't know you, you don't know them and turn them into someone who trusts you enough to pull their wallet out their pocket and pay you for something you created? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's all based. I mean, there's only three types of content, really, in my opinion. There's attraction content, nurturing content, and then promotional content. I think what people tend to do is they see all these all these people promoting themselves. So what they consider effectively, and then they just start promoting. They're like, if I tell enough people to go to my stuff, they will. But it's like, it's like a panhandler coming up to your car, starting to wash your windshield. You're like, no, no, no hey, dude, like, I didn't ask for this. Right. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be people that roll down their window and give them money. And depending on what mood you're in, you might do that. But mm -hmm. that's, that's like going and buying a scratch off ticket. You know, so it's like, I firmly believe that brand development needs to be the first thing that you worry about. Like there's the front end of the music industry and the back end of the music industry. You know, in order to be heard a lot of times, I believe in, in 2022 and beyond, we need to be seen. Yeah. And so, and don't get me wrong, in the sync space, it's not as important. There's a lot of different opportunities, but now we're talking film and TV industry, not as much music industry. Yeah. So like, I think that somebody, whether you're a producer, whether you're an artist, you really have to figure out what you bring to the table, what makes you different, what might be something that you're self-conscious about that if you leaned into could really be a strength for you um, and go out there and start creating content, right? So like content marketing is the easiest way if you have the time, it's the time money ratio. If you have all the money in the world, you don't need time for anything. Other people can do it for you. But at the end of the day, you still need to be present in being able to build your story because people, people buy from people that they like, know, and trust. I mean, that's any industry, yep. whether it's a barber, whether you go to you know a certain uh, Philly steak and cheese place, even though one's closer, you like the you like you know the guy who works there, you know whatever experience that you you feel when you go there. This is what we we do. It's you know they talk about business to business, business to consumer, and I really think that it's P to P, it's P, it's person to person or human to human. Yeah. So I started taking off with my own personal brand and career by having conversations and, and realizing that. Um, engagement isn't something something i'll be talking about in a, in a upcoming youtube video but engagement requires output to receive input Fast. so there's so many people that are go out there and say i'm not getting any engagement i don't get engagement like it's a dave and buster's certificate or something like it like you don't get enough sun you don't get enough time you create engagement it's yeah. not something you just wait around and receive. And it just comes, so yeah. it's in it. And the thing is, the thing that really sucks 
is that we live in such a fast paced ADD society right now mm -hmm. that somebody can bust their ass for two or three months and be like, this isn't working. Yo, if you're serious about your music business, then you should know how important it is to have an email list so you can stay in touch with your fans, your followers, and customers. The problem is a lot of these email services charge you more and more the more subscribers subscribe to your list. Well, I found a solution and it's called Flowdesk and you get unlimited subscribers for one price. And that price, I don't it's not even $40. Like it's mad cheap, yo. You get automatic list cleaning. It's a simple, easy to use platform that makes it easy to send out email campaigns campaigns and it's all for one fee every month the same fee you just keep paying the same price no matter how many subscribers you get so listen today i want to give you 50 percent off your subscription to flowdesk just go to clintproductions.com slash flowdesk that's clintproductions.com forward slash f-l-o-d-e-s-k once again that's clintproductions.com slash flowdesk flow without the w just f-l-o now go build that email list back to the show that's like that's like you and I deciding that we want to be professional athletes and go into the gym for two or three months, practicing our uh, free throws or how far we could throw a football accurately. And then we're like, this isn't working. It's like yeah. people are so patient in the digital world. No one would ever feel the same way if they opened a bakery and they invested the time in the showcases, the ovens, the different, you know, mixing apparatuses and, and all of this stuff, all these like tangible things that you you need for a bakery. And then magically a month later, you're like, this isn't working. It's like, no, it, it takes takes time. And that's the issue, though, like yeah. in the music industry. And I'm sorry if I'm going off on a tangent a little no, bit. That's good. Everybody has a laptop. Usually um, it's easy to get software to start making music. You can literally start making money with stock plugins, stock sounds, stocks, everything. If you have some creativity um, or, you know, free plugins that are available for you. Yeah. But that reduces the amount of actual investment that reduces the actual amount of passion that you have to have into something just to do it. Yeah. And so now you get this entitled mindset of like, well, this guy did that or that guy said he did this or like this person's blown up. Why am I not blowing up? instead of focusing on the freaking work. Yep. Yeah. And so that, like, and that's the thing, man, we can't, unfortunately, we can't teach work ethic. And that's the biggest Achilles heel for most people. Yeah. And we could show them the way I could show you exactly you follow these steps, ABCD all the way to Z, and you will make money, you will gain a, a following. And people be like, Well, I mean, like, how long is that going to take? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, you're, you want to do this for the rest of your life, right? Or at least a good chunk of time. Yeah. They want to know where the finish line is. So like, there's no, defi there's no defined, sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean no, to cut you off, but, interrupt but, all you want, my friend, this is yours. No. And, and I, there's no, there's no defined, I don't know where people get it from, but that like, there's no set timeline to when things are supposed to take off, you know, yeah. and it's like, I try and encourage producers even going through, you know, the, the sync licensing process is like, learn, to enjoy the process that comes along with creating the music, preparing it, you know, doing the metadata, enjoy the process. Because if you focus too much on, you know, when, when is it going to pay off? Like you're going to, you're just going to burn out. You're going to give up and quit at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and you know, the people who I know are successful, um, they're the ones that just genuinely enjoy the process. Like, 
You know what I mean? We enjoy bouncing out a bunch of stems for one for one track and sending it to a publisher and going back and forth, making revision. Like we just enjoy the process. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree 100 percent with um, with with what you're saying and, and just not expecting instant, you know, instant gratification and just, you know, being it for the for the long run. You know what I mean? That's it, man. Patience, aggressive patience is required to be in the top 1% of anything. And then all the skill sets, systems, frameworks, all of that will determine how far up that food chain you get. Now, unfortunately, if somebody wants to be a superstar and they're incredibly awkward, they're incredibly social, uh, they have incredible social anxiety, these types of things, or I, I will admit it, you know, I think it's safe to say if you are uh, if you would be deemed un- like unattractive, mm-hmm. you know, by like, like they always show that Tom Brady photo. It's like, it's not that you're ugly. It's that you don't have money. Right. So it's like <laughs> you, you have to take care of yourself if you want to put yourself out there. Now, um, appearance, charisma, all that stuff can be improved upon. I used to have crippling social anxiety to where if I went to the mall on the wrong day, mm-hmm. I would like my wife, even to this day, there's certain instances where she'll be like, Hey, are you okay? Cause I just get quiet. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm fine, but I'm, you know, an introvert by, you know, by nature, I guess. Yep. Um, but you know, doing YouTube and getting around my people and just kind of forcing myself into situations over and over and over and over and over again is, you know, that discomfort that's required to, to see growth beyond what the mediocre are willing to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same here. I'm a, I'm an introvert, man. Um, so yeah, I can sit and just chill by myself and be okay. <laughs> That's know? what we recharge. Yeah, exactly, man. Got to, um, we had a question from John Tindall for the new people coming in, man, drop your questions in the chat. We're talking with Adam Ivy, music producer, marketing specialist, and, um, just talking about how you guys can, you know, can market yourselves, brand yourselves and the importance of it. Um, John Tyndall asked making, I guess, how do you make a brand of an old producer, old bass player? Um, so I guess that what, what are some, some, some principles, I guess, that you would share with someone who wants to brand themselves as, as a producer, even if they're, you know, quote unquote older or, you know, yeah. in a, just a different generation. Yeah. Some of my most successful students have been in their forties and beyond just because they're open-minded and they know that there's a lot to learn. So it's like, if you consider yourself old, like I'm 37, there's people that are in the early thirties that are like, I missed the boat. Right. Um, I think that one thing we have to understand is that every single entertaining biopic documentary that we'll ever watch is full of entertaining, cringeworthy origin content. When you used to have a crazy haircut, when you used to wear Jinko jeans and uh, a bunch of Hot Topic t-shirts, right? Like the, the, the evolution of us as humans is so entertaining that, you know, John, as somebody that considers yourself a little bit older, you know, there is a lot of runway out there. Depending on what side of the music industry or the opportunities you want to be on, you don't have to be anything that you're not. Tell your stories. Tell what got you into making music, tell your ups, your downs, and then connect with other people that really resonate with that. So many people think that they need to be like young, not wrinkle on your face, you know, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber type, you know, people to blow up in this industry. And maybe if you're looking for big pop, a label to sign you and, you know, incubate you into whatever they want you to be. I mean, which I think that the, the person that just won the billion dollar lottery 
probably had a better chance of winning the lottery than any of us getting getting that uh, Justin Bieber ticket. But I think that we can go out and connect with an audience that doesn't have to be massive. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but let's say over the course of five or 10 years, you end up with 5,000 people that really care about what you're doing. Yeah. Now, basic math, 5,000 times 100, you know, that's a decent income for yeah. being creative. And then the more people, you know, it's in, in a hundred could be whatever, right? The hundred could be uh, opportunities selling music, working in sessions, uh, merch shows, touring, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. But we don't have, we only have to be in the top 10% of everybody that makes music in order to make a comfortable living. Well, comfortable is very subjective, you know, so those living in LA versus uh, Florence, Alabama have a very different budget. But, <laughs> right. you know, I think that uh, I think that going out there and just having fun and really just connecting and trying to share your value, share what you bring to the world in a genuine way. That's not I have this pay me. I have that pay attention, follow, subscribe like that'll come eventually. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, you know, everybody's brand is uniquely theirs. I always say to get started, it's cool to look at people that have influenced you that you want to maybe be a derivative of, but you need to still be different because yeah. um, there's a million cover bands out there that stay busy, but they'll never be the main act because they're a cover band. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to go about it as well. Uh, as a producer, you could be in the studio, do an hourly session work. You could, you know, do things online virtually from pretty much anywhere with a decent interconnection, internet connection in the world. Um, or you can be the guy who's chasing placements, or you can be the guy that's selling drum kits and beats online, or you can lean heavily into the sync space, which, you know, you help so many people do. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I love it. One, one thing, my, uh, my guy, uh, Billy from Big Shot Beats, he always says, lead with value like he's really really heavy on leading with value and i couldn't agree more um you can't you can't withdraw something from an account that you haven't deposited anything in you know what i mean um so if you're constantly asking asking taking taking you know give me this give me this it's you're gonna come up (laughs) come up short every time because you haven't given anything um so you know giving value uh have, have you ever read the book uh key person of influence a uh, key person of influence. I have yeah. not. It's a it's a great book, man. It was um I read it. I, it was like a few months ago, but it really it, it, you reminded me of it when you were talking about the creation of content and those those three forms of content. And that was like pretty much what the book revolved around, like everything wow. building influence and and building trust in people. It, it like revolves around this this content ecosystem pretty much of just getting your message out sharing your story and um and connecting with people by putting out you know as much content as as possible man so um super dope stuff uh we got a few questions in here let's see tim bird what's up tim he says i'm building my site to target media platforms like podcasts websites youtube videos etc should i offer the option to download some music for free to allow the client to test it i mean i don't know if that's a question for me or for you man um, i mean it really depends on the angle in which he's trying to go for i mean yeah honestly if if you're targeting if you're targeting like other content creators like podcasters website youtube videos usually you don't have to you don't have to start with offering something free 
Um, you can use a site like pond5.com. It's kind of like a stock music site, but a lot of different, you know, smaller content creators such as podcasters and, you know, smaller businesses who just want music to throw on corporate videos. You can start charging for that stuff immediately. You know what I mean? You just set your price and then you can send them there. They can license it right there from the that marketplace on Pond5. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you have to, you know, let them download something for free to hear it just have maybe a playlist where they can hear your work but um no you you should be able to to charge for that up front going that direction um i've seen another question aj says for an indie artist without ten thousand followers what's the best way to release an album and get it heard by a large amount of people so like this is a this is a great question aj thank you um the 10,000 follower thing is like completely worthless. It's a complete subjective number. Cause I have people are like, well, what do I do before I hit 50,000? And other people, uh, once I hit a thousand, now obviously like on TikTok, a thousand will unlock going live and stuff. So there are some cases where that makes sense, but you need to have a release strategy that's gonna build hype, build momentum. Um, you can push for pre-save. Some people do it that way. Some people just push heavily after the song's already out. But you have to do your footwork in reaching out to playlists, whether it's with somebody like Submit Hub or using a tool like Playlist Supply to do your own due diligence and then reach out independently of that. Um, but keep in mind, releasing singles into an album, in my opinion, is a way better utilization of what you have with that content and that product of your music than just trying to build up. Even if you had 10,000 people that are lukewarm, because let's face it, uh, unless you're continuing to engage, there's 10,000, but how many of those 10,000 are really active on all your stuff? Because if I if I have 10,000 followers, I'm not getting 10,000 likes. If I have 10,000 subscribers, I'm not getting 10,000 views because right. there's people that have different uh, user habits, right? And so let's say you have 10,000. Well, you need to continue to build that because everybody that's flooding in is from warm traffic to hot traffic then can help you build that momentum. So I would do one single, I'd hype it up for probably three to six weeks and not trying to sell anything, but we go through this entire process. It's like a process. We go through this entire process in my program, but the the cliff notes of it is really getting on as many playlists as you can. If you wanna lean into a pre-save campaign, do your outreach, make sure that you are, like I said, engagement requires output to receive input. So go out there and start talking with everybody that's following you. I don't care if it's 50 people because you're going to reconnect those uh, connections that might have been lost with inact uh, you know, inactivity or maybe you know, just the algorithm isn't showing the, your stuff to them. Right. Um, what we have to do is it's, it's kind of a grassroots mo movement in the beginning. Before you're running copious amounts of ads to try to fluff your numbers, like ads work, but I always, and I know AJ didn't, bring this up expressively, but everybody always kind of wants to know about the ad stuff. It's think about it this way. I don't know how many people out there that are watching this right now or in the future have ever become a raving fan of somebody because they saw a freaking Facebook ad for their new single on Spotify. Like ads work best when you can retarget people that already know who you are or are already interested in what you provide. If, if I see an ad for John Bellion, who's like one of my favorite pop artists, um, I'll click on it every single time, even if I've seen it before, because I want those ads to continue to show me uh, notifications and announcements and things about somebody that I already care about. Yeah. Same with if your stuff pops up, I always like it. 
I always try to stay in, engaged with the people that I want to stay connected with. So as we build up, we also have to keep in mind that we can continue to pump uh, people over to our songs months, years later, if we really believe in it. Yeah. You look at a song like Animals uh, or uh, Animals uh, Heat Waves, and they pushed that for three years before it took off, before it hit the charts. So, you know, I think that it's important to understand that 5,000 followers, 50 followers, you have to treat 12 people the same as you would treat a million people. Like you have to be your genuine self, make people feel appreciated and seen. And don't get me wrong, once you get to a certain level, once you're like Drake or Jay-Z or Beyonce, you don't have to sit there and care about responding to anybody because you've already, the snowball got so big that it's already going downhill by itself. Yeah. Um, but in the interim, we have to look at what our averages look like. If you release a single, it gets picked up by five playlists and that single hits, use the number 10,000 and 10,000 streams in the first couple months. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What did your last single do? Did it underperform, overperform? What are the kind of key performance indicators of why it did that time of year, genre, mood of the song, who you're talking to inactivity or activity on social media to keep that hype going on? Um, and then you go to the next one, hoping that it goes from 10 to 20 from 20 to 50 and our continuous growth really depends on how strong our averages can increase on a, on a, a sustainable level. Mm. Dope. That's dope stuff. Um, so speaking of, of the, the program, cause I know you, you coach a lot of, a lot of artists, a lot of musicians yeah. and things like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure you see a lot of mistakes being made just through, through doing that. What are like some of the top mistakes that you see, you know, independent musicians making when they're trying to, you know, trying to release and, and promote their music. Yeah, man. I think they, they try to do things out of order. They have an idea from watching a ton of different YouTube videos, like what to do kind of, but not the right, like out of a 5,000 piece puzzle, they, they have like 300 of them. And they're like, I, th I think I can connect these things. Right. So it's like, they'll go, like I was saying, attraction content, nurturing content, promotional content. It's the same with you know, I talk with my students all the time about building your brand before marketing systems, before monetization. Mm. Well, somebody will come in, they're like, I just spent all this money on a MIDI keyboard and, you know, whatever else gear that they bought, interface, microphone. And they're like, I need to make this back like right away. How can I make money? <laughs> yeah. And you see this. I'm sure you get DMs every single day asking like, hey, is it possible to make 5K in a month? Like, I want to, I really am serious about this. I just got FL Studio yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just like, in order to really build you in, in order to really miss uh screwing up for a long time you have to kind of avoid it by looking at what are the natural steps and then what are the systems that you can put in place to have a little bit more efficiency in your day-to-day -day so you're not sitting on social media for seven hours a day staring at screens trying to get people's attention and then all of a sudden your music is suffering because of it so time management is one thing that most people suck at even that are a little bit successful I know you and I, there's things that we could call ourselves out on every single day. Absolutely. Um, I think that time management, uh, having realistic goals and then having the big, big, you know, home run goals. Uh, but I think that too many people put their home run goals as their regular goals. And then what that does is if you continue to tell yourself you're failing, it'll completely change your physiology. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so that might not be, you get what I'm saying, your mood. I'll, I'll put it that way. I don't want people calling me out on that. It'll change your mood. It'll change your state, yeah. right? So if we're sitting there and just consuming content over and over and over again, uh, scientifically, you're 
dropping so much serotonin and dopamine, like the pleasure drugs into your brain. And then a normal day seems boring. A normal day seems like, huh, because you're so used to pumping yourself up. So I think I call it the success gradient. Where are you right now on the success gradient? And where do you think you could be in six months, 12 months, three years, 10 years? Yeah. Because so many people, like I said earlier, they'll just get started and they see that Drake is killing it. They see that Ed Sheeran, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Kanye, fill in the blank, are killing it. Yeah. And then they look down on themselves when I personally remember Drake or somebody in his camp messaging me on MySpace back in 2006 promoting yeah. his tape. So, um, you know, when you're when you're doing it for so long and you're you become an overnight success 10 years later, uh, you know, it's OK that nobody sees the come up. But there's going to be a huge group that support you and why you're a success now that we're with you as part of that come up. So um, to go back to the main question of what do people typically fail on? It's it's the stereotypical stuff, time management, not being consistent, um, pushing a type of content or a, or a product that the market really doesn't want or care for, um, not having conversations with people and treating them as peers and treating them as somebody you appreciate. Yeah. A lot of people try to go Hollywood too fast and, you know, an Armani exchange t-shirt and some, uh, you know, Givenchy's that don't make you special, yeah. you know? So like, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind is that the people that are going to be our biggest supporters are going to be going from a stranger to a follower to what I consider family, which some people call it super fans, but you know, the people that are going to show up at gigs, they're going to show up to lives like this. There's, there's people that might be joining us right now that have been following you for a long time. Maybe a couple people that have been following me for a long time. If that's the case, thank you for watching and joining us. Thank and they've you. probably heard my origin story before, but they might resonate with that. And so, we have to understand it's going to take time. We have to be in it for the long haul. We have to put in the boring work, which is the stuff that most people don't do. And that's why most people don't succeed. Um, and then we have to lean into what we have to, uh, we have to lean into understanding what we're really good at, deliver that immediately, and then understand maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe it's a limiting belief. Maybe it's a skill set. Maybe it's tech. We have to re realize where we want to be and just put in the work day after day. Uh, you know, one thing I say to all my students is like, don't worry about how many jelly beans are going to fit into the jar. If you keep putting one in a, at a time, it's going to fill and then overflow. So that's progress in this music thing. That's progress in fitness. That's progress in relationships. That's progress in loving yourself for that matter. Starts with those basic steps. Producers, learning how to properly mix your beats can be frustrating and seem overly complicated. On top of that, you're missing out on an additional stream of income by not knowing how to mix for other artists and producers. Luckily for you, I created my Urban Mix in May simple video course where I show you how to balance 808s and kicks, how to create balance and spaces in your mix, how to properly balance volume, how to create clarity using EQ and panning techniques, and how to create drum mixes that punch through your mix. Plus, I'm going to give you a free frequency range guide, a look into my simple and effective mastering chain, as well as the downloadable stems to mix on your own as you go through the course. I'm also going to throw in an exclusive discount code for Waves plugins and bundles. So go ahead, go to clintproductions.com shop. That's clintproductions.com shop. So you can grab that Urban Mix and Made Simple course. Be sure to use the discount code podcast20 to take 20% off today. 
Again, go to clintproductions.com slash shop and grab that Urban Mix and May simple course today. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and I think paying, paying close attention to like what's working and where are you seeing its success through this journey? Because I know for me personally, I've, I've, I've seen a little bit of success in different parts of the industry, right? You know, major sure. artists and things like that, TV and film, um, you know, working with indie artists. But, you know, over the years, I took a step back and I was just like, okay, what, what can I continue to replicate and what do I continue to see success in? And I look back and it was, it was always sync. So I was just like, okay, let me focus some more energy or put most of my energy into this space here and let's just see what happens. And that's when things really, really started to grow for, for my career because then I kind of got laser focused on the thing that was working um, versus trying to juggle all the things and, you know, try and master everything and just be everywhere. Um, just figuring out, like like you said, what, what you do best and what you're good at and being honest with yourself. Because um, you may not you may not be like the best movie trailer composer, you know? You may be really great at just creating songs that work well to be placed in a movie, you know what yeah. I mean? So um, I think that's that's super important. Um, let's see, uh, Midi, Midi Monster says, I remember Adam from the early 2000s. You've been around for a while, man. Yeah, man. And shout out to 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 who was that? Mini Midi Monster. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to to Mini Monsters. Uh, you know the the great thing about it is I still have a core group of people that have been rocking with me since the start. Uh, I know those people intimately. As far as I see the names, I I can off the top of my head can name a dozen people that have been rocking with me since I was struggling and eating. You know, my my I joke about this now, but, you know, my diet when I was trying to figure out the music thing uh, was comprised of eggs, ramen and tuna cans. Uh, And I I had every single combination, all the condiments to make five different meals from that stuff. And, (laughs) you know, I I remember going to Aldi. I don't know if you got Aldi where you're at, but like, yeah, the the way the carts work is that Aldi, um, you have to put a quarter into it to use it. And then when you're done, you go put the cart back and you get your quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> I realized my apartment complex was only about, I don't know, just a few miles away from an Aldi. So every time a crazy Florida thunderstorm would come in, I would go wait in the parking lot because people would just leave their carts because they didn't want to get soaking wet. So like in an hour, I might make like six bucks or 10 bucks or something. And then I would go into Aldi and buy my groceries. So with a bunch of quarters, um, yeah. No shame in my game, man. It was just like, gotta get it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, you know, uh, shout out to Mini Monsters. Yeah, shout out to your diet, man. It, it was similar to mine's back in the day. I had mine's with noodles and hot dogs, um, so <laughs> yes. and cereal. So got Hell the yeah. job done. <laughs> and oh, then man. I I got married, man. My wife flipped my my nutrition all the way upside down. Um, so, shout out yeah. to the wife. Indeed, man. Um, I got married. Oh yeah, indeed. 
So we got AJ with another one. What are your views on indie? Oh, my bad. Young Star Pride. I see the questions for Sync, but I really want to focus on on the music marketing. I talk about Sync all the time, and I know I have tons of content on that. Um, but this one, since we have Adam and he was gracious enough to bless us with his time, we really want to focus on what what he specializes in, so we can help the people who really want that information. Um, so AJ said, "What are your views on indie artists selling merch, and what's the most successful type of merch?" You have marketed i always look at outlying merch options you know i have a student right now and, and a former student so the student right now we're doing this because of a former student having success with it and that was custom scented limited run candles mm. now obviously depending on what genre uh, the first was edm believe it or not the second student is a, like an americana folk type artists um, and we're developing custom candle scents. You could find a place to white label it. You can name them anything you want, label them anything you want. And it's it's a consumable. So it's something that people buy, use, enjoy, want to be a part of and, and get more if you really gave them a, a, a delightful experience. That's now, cool. obviously, cool designs on T-shirts and coming out with vinyl and coming out with hats and keychains and stickers and all sorts of other things is tried and true. Yeah. I think independent artists, absolutely, independent artists to a signed big name artist, no difference in being able to provide, like you should be able to provide your audience with add-ons, right? So if they're a fan of you, they want to rep it. Maybe you say something funny in your song. Maybe you have a hook that has something, you make a design, use something like Spreadshop and just do print on, uh, print on demand. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to hold on to any inventory, get some samples, see how you like it. And then from there, you can offer it. Um, I'm not a big fan of coffee cups unless it's unique because everybody has the standard coffee cup with the logo printed on it. Um, but it's like it's funny because, you know, I, I, I uh, own a laser engraving uh, capital equipment tech company and our systems do laser engraving on wood and glass and Yeti cups and custom jewelry and all sorts of stuff. So, like, there's such a huge market for that out there. Um, that you can go out and seek and think of think of things that are going to make people like, oh, wow, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Right. So and you could always I, I'm a big fan of having a core offering, core offering products like a basic T-shirt, hoodie, two or three other things. OK. And then always throw in like stickers or something in with the order, if possible, mm -hmm. to kind of over deliver. But I think limited run stuff is is kind of the best way to go about it. Because if we're releasing a new single, we're releasing a new project, we have an upcoming festival that we're a part of or an event, whatever that looks like, we can go in and, and make a custom limited run and say, hey, I'm only doing 20 of these shirts. This is gonna be a highly sought after collector's item in five years. Mm -hmm. um, and that scarcity model for merch really does work. And that ties directly in with like a Patreon. It's all about delivering an experience that over exceeds their expectations yeah that's that's dope and it, you know when, when people feel like they have something that's exclusive that everybody won't be able to get their hands on like they're, they're way more likely to to grab that um and it, you know it just kind of builds a, a deeper connection with with you as as the brand as well um that's super dope man so yeah. let's talk about talk about cell music man because like how did it come about? It's super dope, man. Like I, I see you talk about it and I see like the, the packets and like you went all in on on this program. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that and some of the things you, you've been able to do for for your students through that? 
Yeah, man. So admittedly, I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly. The reason why my program right now is called the Cell Music Masterclass um, is because I bought cellmusic.com. I bought the domain like in 2014, 2015 or something, right? Okay. And I felt like it was strong enough to build a brand around a little bit, right? Product offering. Yeah. Um, it is evolving uh, early next year into music marketing masterclass and I, cause I own musicmarketing.com and a few other very strong, um, domain names, but the cell music Academy, all of our core curriculum within the program, um, it is like a freaking monster, right? It's the A to Z started working everything up around the time that I started losing my hearing because I was helping people, just friends, other producers off SoundClick, And then friends of friends would reach out. And I, I got to a point where I'm like, Hey man, you're asking like a ton of questions. I gave you a few answers, but I, I, I remember the first time, this is a story of my first ever mentorship program student. Um, he lives up in Atlanta and he was a friend of a friend and we were going back and forth. And one day, just out of frustration at like two in the morning, he, uh, I, I respond to one of his long, I always used to call it his, his email, CBS receipt emails, where it's just like never ends yeah. and it's all cluttered. And I responded, I'm like, Hey man, I've really enjoyed kind of helping guide you in some of your previous emails, but this is a lot to go through that I can't just answer in an email. Yeah. If you want to join my program, I have a 10 week program where we'll work together. And I just threw like an FU number at him, just hopeful, ho hoping that he would just be like, okay, thank you. And just like kind of leave me alone. Yeah. And I said, you know, 5k for 10 weeks. And he was like, I remember his email just came back. It was like, bet what's your PayPal. And I'm like, <laughs> So, now, okay. you got, now you got to create a program. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, well, at first it was, I call it the wild, wild west days where like I didn't have a program at all. I was just, it was essentially just ongoing consulting one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, and we would really look at what they needed to work on. Nice. And over time, I saw these patterns. This person asked this, well, this person asked this. Next person, this person doesn't have any idea what, you know, X, Y, Z, this person doesn't have, like they need that. Yeah. And then I would start, to, I had like, I don't have one on me, but like I have a ton of notebooks just full of notes from students years and years and years ago. Now everything is digital. But all of a sudden I started, I mean, around that same time I was doing basic videos on YouTube for beginners because I was getting so many emails that I was just like, if I could just send them to a URL link, that's going to save me time. Because like, it was like the same crap over and over again, how to sell beats online and stuff like this. Like, you know best budget monitors like okay i'll do a review on that i'll do a, a walkthrough on that and i started sending them and then people on youtube were like hey i know that you have these videos but like can i do you have a program can i work with you a little bit closer mm -hmm. and i'm like so anyway fast forward i launched the cell music Masterclass in uh the original one in november of 2018 um and now we're on cell music Masterclass 3.0 to put it into perspective, I think the first ever masterclass was like eight or eight or nine modules, maybe. Okay. And now it's 30 modules, over a hundred something videos, worksheets. And one thing I'm super excited about that I, I don't talk about publicly because I don't want to jinx it, but for the last two years, my team and I have been actively working on getting that uh, nationally accredited, which wow. I promise hand to God will happen in the next, I think, my optimistic side says about nine months, but I realistically is still probably a year out because it's a very uh, scrupulous uh, process of getting all that done. I never I never realized how you really have to have all of your T's dotted, uh, all of your, uh, all your T's crossed and your I's dotted in order for that to happen. But 
enough about what that looks like. You know, the program itself is really designed to teach people the A to Z in, you know, becoming successful in a front facing music career. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get into sync licensing. I have mentors for sync licensing. Uh, I've, I've worked with Subway and Dallas Mavericks and Bad Girls Club and Discovery Networks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my methods of going about it back in the day have continued to evolve behind the scenes. And I'm still a student of that game so much since it is not the music industry, it's the film and TV industry. So it's like, you know, um, and honestly, when I said earlier, I learned stuff from your content. That's absolutely true. Cause you know, what was it? I think it was Kanye said, if people ask you questions and you have all the answers, you're not learning. And that like, I don't have the answers to anything, but I have a program that absolutely works for musicians, producers, and artists that want to build a personal brand, you know, really take control of their own marketing and and career and position themselves to where if they do end up in a situation where a label wants to sign them, they have so much fricking leverage that they just kind of smile all the way to the bank and not get taken advantage of. So um, the program is... It's it's crazy big, man. We you know I'm I'm in the process of, uh, you know, making a worksheet book and a bunch of different things to just continue to uh, make it even better. And like I said, we're going to evolve the branding of everything into the music marketing academy space next year and gotcha. kind of step away from step away from the terminology sell music academy because there's so much more than just selling music, and I don't want to sell that program short. Got you. That's fire, man. Um, so like, is it, <clears throat> excuse me, is it something people can access now or do do you only do it like certain times of the year, or just have like, you know, limited access or like, how does, how does that work if somebody wanted to go in and, you know, just kind of level up on their, their music marketing game? Sure, man. So the first thing I always tell people to do is watch through some of my YouTube videos. If you go and you sort them by most popular, you'll get some of the, the more, you know, actionable ton of people have used that ton of great feedback. Um, but everything I do is trying to bring value. So definitely watch through. Um, the Cell Music uh, Masterclass is only available twice a year, uh, typically in the fall and in the, um, uh, yeah, in the, in the fall and in the spring, kind of like school years, okay. you know. Um, but what we do is we have a mentorship program that I was talking to you about a little earlier, where I personally, along with my team, go through and it's usually only about 15 people or less at a time because we really deep dive into what everybody's doing on a day-to-day basis we really get to know these people to where they go from a stranger to appear to genuine friends um and that's the best way for me to give the most detailed tactics strategy advice and just support and accountability um and that's available all the time over at adamivymentorship.com it is an application only process invite only type of thing but um it's not for beginners that don't know if they want to do music for a career if you are like certain that this is what you want to do i invite you to go over there i don't need a credit card or anything you apply you talk to my student success coordinator on a free call if we get on a call it's absolutely free like i am like the i'm so bad at the sales aspect of it like i'm no pressure yeah. it's just like we're we're here to see if we're here to see if you need the help and if we can provide the type of help in fact it's so funny i talked to somebody uh right before we went up north so like let's just say 6 weeks ago mm-hmm. who he didn't under, he didn't have any goals that he wanted to go after that was a big problem but i told him i said dude you need to go into the sync space because everything you're telling me is not 
aligned with what this program is. And I, I literally sent them to you and one other guy uh, oh, that we thanks. know. Yeah, man. I'm just like, hey, here's two two guys. Check them out on Instagram. Consume everything that they put out for free. And then if a program is right for you, reach out to them. But um, yeah, like I keep my student class size is pretty small. Like when I opened the Cell Music Masterclass, we only, usually only bring in 250 to 300 people, which I know for some of you guys watching this might seem like, oh my God, it's a lot of people. But take, take into consideration, my YouTube channel has almost 300,000 subscribers and between all the other social uh, platforms and my email list, that's another you know 100,000, if not more. So it's like really being able to look at where people are going and address their goals and be able to continue to evolve. The curriculum has been very fulfilling. Um, we, I have seven, I have seven salaried employees in the music marketing education space, just to make sure that they're getting the best experience possible and nothing slips through the cracks. Cause I'm just one guy. And, yeah. you know, even with systems, having the right people in the right place can impact a whole lot more people. And that's what I'm super stoked about the, as I'm getting older. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it, man. So, you you know, if you guys are serious and, and you're ready to go to the next level, definitely check Adam out. Make sure, you you know, you follow him. Um, I won't hold you, man. I know you're busy and I got TV deadlines I got to knock out. So I, tell, I the hear you, tell the people where they can find you, man, and, and learn more about you um, if they don't already know. Um, and just let them know, man. Yeah, man. So uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to, man. It's always, it's always great to connect. AdamIvy.com has not been updated in a very long time, though you can go over there and get on my generalized email list if you just want updates and my thoughts on things and stuff like that. But I'm going to say this, the most value that I can provide to you for free is over at musicmarketing.com, which just takes you to my YouTube channel, but it's easier to remember. And then follow me on Instagram and TikTok. We're doing a lot of fun and creative uh, little quick hitters. And you can find me on both at Adam Ivy. That's A D A M I V Y, just like it sounds. And my man Clint has uh, it up on the screen right now. But um, aside from that, I ask all of you guys: you don't need you don't need to to like just listen to me or just listen to Clint. Like, find somebody that you really resonate with. I I really encourage every single one of you guys, regardless of if we work together, regardless of if you work with Clint. Like, ask for help. It is so eye-opening how many grown men and women and everybody in between, whatever you identify as, it's cool with me, but like people that make music that are so wrapped up in insecurity or ego or just nervousness about being judged that they don't ask for the, the help. It's just like if you find a pit bull puppy that's been abandoned, you know, you got to go up to them kind of, kind of, you know, carefully because they might snap at you because you don't know their temperament. But I feel like a lot of people are that little pit bull puppy that's backed in the corner and needs the help, needs the love, needs somebody to pour into them, but they're so afraid of asking. And so find somebody you believe in, regardless of if it's me, if it's Clint, like find somebody that really resonates with you and try to soak some stuff up and have an open mind. The cynical uh, people out there never go anywhere. It's a toxic trait that really holds you back. And I, you know, don't get me wrong, as a business owner, as a marketing person, you can be very, very cynical because you could see right through a lot of the BS. Yeah. But, you know, I think that if you follow what feels right, you know, there's going to be life lessons along the way. But just try to find something that's going to accelerate your progress so that you can get wins faster, 
You can feel better about your progress in yourself and you can gain that confidence because once that confidence is instilled within you, it's just like finding the right pair of running shoes. You lace them up and you're ready to go. But that's that's my two cents, Adam Ivy. Facts. It's been fun. Love it, man. Appreciate you. Have a good rest of the week, man. And we'll too, be man. in touch and, and wishing you much continued success, bro. Likewise, dude. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm launching a podcast soon and I'm, I'm going to have to get you on. Oh, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a bet. I'll be there. Let me know. Oh, yeah. All right. Guys, man. have a great day. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. Indeed. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing it again real soon. All right. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.